This, this is the Second Second Story Podcast. Welcome back to the Second Story Podcast. I'm Max Spitz. Almost every culture in existence has created some concept of wrongdoing and, by extension, consequences for or ways to make amends for that wrongdoing. Some of those methods are rather straightforward, like a sincere apology or a specific punishment. Some are a bit more controversial, like the bygone indulgences that allowed wealthy Catholics to buy their way out of hell back in the 1500s. For some, these acts of poor behavior have long-reaching consequences beyond the immediate impact on people around us, making a path towards forgiveness even more vital. In this week's story, Teller Katie Hauser expounds on her own relationship with the Catholic concept of sin and atonement, especially as it relates to her own sins versus the sins of those around her. Recorded live at Haymarket Pub and Brewery in Chicago in October 2022, Second Story is proud to present Forgiveness. I'm in a small room white walls, white cork ceiling squares, white tile floor, lying on a table bed on top of a white sheet of paper. There's a hint of a botanic smell in the room, eucalyptus maybe, and the air is humid. Music's coming from a radio on a high shelf, it sounds like Yacht Rock. I'm naked from the waist down and I'm tugging my shirt to hold my hands over my crotch. There's barely a knock when the door bursts open. A thick woman with a big smile walks in. I am Eileen. I am your waxer. The name of the salon is Sisters, and all of the women who work here are either sisters, cousins, mothers, daughters, aunts, sisters-in-law. They share the same dark brown eyes and black hair, and all of them are hair removal experts. They also seem ageless. Eileen could easily be in her 40s or her 60s, her dark hair is graying at her temples and middle part, and I can see her scalp through the brilliness. What are we doing? Bikini? The whole thing, or you like little landing strip? <laughs> she enunciates her words by patting on my thigh. The whole thing? Good, that's easier. She rips a long strip of paper from the sheet under me, puts it between my legs, and tells me to hold the top part. She traces my cesarean scar with her index finger, slowly, the entire length. How many children you have? Four. She takes a fat popsicle stick and spreads hot wax on me, like she's buttering toast or frosting a cake, spreading the wax back, back and forth. Might as well be a spatula. Four children, that is good. She places a strip of muslin on the hot wax, presses down, and yanks. She quickly places her palm where she ripped the hair as if pushing down the pain. Do they know their prayers, your children? I'm thinking, this is none of your business, as she drizzles more hot wax on me. But I'm literally at her mercy and in no position to argue. Um, they know the Our Father and the Hail Mary. They know the Guardian Angel Prayer. I say this quickly before holding my breath for the next jolt. Good! She rips and pats again. This time, she leaves her palm on my upper leg and says, The Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, 
That is the one prayer. It says everything. I start going over the prayer in my head. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I've known it my whole life. It's automatic. What's your point, Eileen? <laughs> she now has me holding my thigh back with my hand as she rips and pats. Forgive. That is what we have to do. That is what we are told to do in one prayer. Forgive. With each word, there's a slap on my thigh. Fuck you, I think. <laughs> Don't tell me to forgive. I can barely grasp sinning, much less forgiving. <laughs> I was taught I was a sinner when I was six years old and receiving the sacrament of reconciliation. In a small damp room the size of a phone booth that smelled of spice and dust, I knelt in front of a screen with holes like the radiator in my home. Beyond the screen was the shadowy profile of Father Gallagher, his big nose resting on his crossed, hairy knuckles. Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. I recited the words I was taught perfectly, and it was my first sin because it was a lie. It hurt my head to come up with a sin, so I borrowed one from Sister Rosemary's example. Father, forgive me, I was mean to my sister. I didn't know what was expected of me in the silence. Anything else? When I didn't answer, he spoke without looking at me. Say three Hail Marys and be kind to your mother. He made a sign of the cross in my general direction. I am startled out of my memory by the pain of more hair being torn from my body. It's a wasabi pain, intense and eye-watering, but the sting won't linger. I know my sins will. My Thursday confessions did get better because I made sure I had real sins. <laughs> Father, forgive me. It's been a week since my last confession. I stole some nickels and a dime from my dad. It was easy to pull the bottom drawer out and stand on the soft pile of dad's undershirts and skim coins off the top of his dresser. Each week, my Thursday sin got a little bit bigger. I took Mary Best's Dr. Pepper Lip Smacker. I sang the old Grey Goose song to the baby just to make her cry. I stuck my tongue out at Mommy. I began collecting sins the way my friends collected stuffed animals and paper dolls. If sins are expected, then sins they will have. As my collection grew, my penance remained the same. Then one Thursday, instead of confession, we were paraded past Father Gallagher's casket, blocking the steps to the altar. I knelt in front of the strong profile, wiry hair growing from his nose, and wondered if he had been dead in the little room on Thursdays all along. <laughs> Deliver us from evil, Eileen says, yanking a large amount of hair near my scar. Oh my God, she is going to recite the whole prayer. Deliver me from this. And evil? I learned evil in the sixth grade. Sister Mary Alice wore a rosary belt of beads that ended with a wooden cross hanging down her thigh. She was fingering the beads as we walked into the classroom one day to find a baby's playpen in front of her desk. 
This is for John McGroder. If he's going to act like a little baby, he will be treated like a little baby. Come here, John. John stood up from his desk. Well, get in, don't just stand there. He hoisted his leg over the flimsy rail with his hand. The soft surface made him wobble and he lost balance for a second. Then he smiled a big smile like he was in on the joke and we should be too, but his face was bright red and he looked like he was trying not to cry. The room was silent except for the occasional squeak of the plastic mattress and the thin board under it. He stood in the playpen, our entire math class, seeming to get smaller and trying to keep his balance as Sister Mary Alice taught an algebra lesson none of us would remember. When it was time for gym, John was let out to join the class. Maybe some things are unforgivable. Eileen leans her head toward mine. Our daily bread, listen to me, she says, folding the muslin and waving it in my face. We have so much, but it's not really ours. And she's right about this, the daily bread. I know I have so much. I have more than my share. I have the ability to pay a woman to yank the hair from my body and the vanity to do so. Here, hold your stomach up. Lead us not into temptation. This, and she's pointing the popsicle stick at me, this we need to remember. We need to pray when we are tempted. Okay. I imagine most of us in these small white rooms in the basement atrium of the arcade shop at Old Orchard Mall in Skokie <laughs> suffer through this pain with all of the intention of leading someone into temptation. <laughs> Isn't there something to be said for temptation? Aren't there varying degrees? It isn't all bad, is it? In eighth grade, Sister Mary Alice prepared us for the sacrament of confirmation. We had to be in a state of grace when we were confirmed so that we could receive the Holy Spirit. There could be no lingering sin. She enunciated the sins with the unblinking staccato of her pitch pipe. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, envy, drunkenness, carousing, etc. John McGroder asked what sin etc. was and was sent to the hall. <laughs> Teresa Hawkins and I exchanged a smile. Just the past Saturday, we found bottles of wine hidden in her parents' stereo console. Drunkenness, check. <laughs> carousing, check. I would look licentiousness up in the dictionary. From the radio in the corner now, I can hear the song, Jessie's Girl. That song covers lust, temptation, envy, vanity, probably a few more. Eileen is now armed with her red tortoise readers, a magnifying light, and tweezers. I am feeling trespassed against now that she brings it up. When we get to the judgment day, do you think God is going to say, Eileen, you are a sinner and stand there with a list of my sins? God help the man behind me. He will have a long wait. Now turn over. You want the back, right? Yes. God is going to say, Eileen, who haven't you forgiven? 
I am face down now getting waxed and thinking about all of the people I will never forgive. It's a long list. Okay, turn back over. She's patting me with baby powder. As we forgive those who trespass against us, remember that. Teach your children. Her tone stings almost as much as the plucking, maybe because she's right. I hate when my kids' feelings are trespassed upon. I don't actively teach them to hold grudges, but they must pick up on it. Lucy came home from school one day crying, and I said, tell me who was mean to you. I'm not going to tell you, Lucy said, because next week she'll be my friend again, and you will still be mad. Very perceptive for an eight-year-old, and true. If only I could rip away my resentments with a piece of muslin and some hot wax. You can sit up now. Eileen is leaning on the table and wipes her brow. She looks at me. You are Irish, no? Yes. Irish are the worst. So much hair. I am the worst case scenario at the wax salon. And an unforgiver. As I start to get off the table, she reminds me again to forgive. It is the only hope. Think, thy kingdom come. That is what we are waiting for, no? All this, and she waves her arms around, this is nothing. We are waiting for the kingdom. I am waiting to put my pants back on. <laughs> Eileen opens the door and yells into the hall, $75. Well, now the sister that sits at the reception desk and the women in the waiting room know that my hair removal has been extensive. The normal fee is $50. I write my check thinking about the real debt I carry. I can forgive Mary Louise Bracken for bullying me at CYO camp when I was 11, but I can't forgive Alexa Fisher for taking my daughter's clothes and locking her in a closet when she was 10. I think I may have found a loophole in the prayer, Eileen. I will forgive those who've trespassed against me but the prayer says nothing about me forgiving those who've trespassed against the ones I love. I don't want to forgive the unforgivable. I'm talking to you, Sister Mary Alice, and all the mean girls of the world. I will gnaw on my unforgiveness like a chew toy. I will work it and rework it even as my gums bleed. This story was produced by Casey Truba, curated by Lizzie Dzinski, and directed by Elisa Duncan, with music and sound design from Mike Benedict and Justin Cavazos. The Second Story podcast is produced by Max Spitz. Second Story is located in the traditional homelands of the Council of the Three Fires, the Odawa, Ojibwe, and Potawatomi Nations. Our programming is made possible by the Arts Work Fund, Walter Foundation, MacArthur Fund for Arts and Culture at the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, Paul M. Angel Family Foundation, Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, Illinois Arts Council Agency, the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, Innovation 80, the Lupo Family, Eric Rothstein and Gina Wamek, Athene Karras and Thomas Applegate, James Lupo, Jessica Wetmore, Hannah and George Stowe, and many generous individuals like you. I'm Max Spitz, and this, this is the Second, Second Story Podcast.